Good morning, and welcome to Midpoint Wednesday. I'm Shelley Reback, your host for WMNF's Mid Florida, Midweek, Mid Morning Dose of News and Public Affairs with a Local Perspective. You are, of course, listening to WMNF 88.5 FM, Tampa Bay's only independent FM radio, brought to you by you because we are supported by generous listeners like you who keep us commercial-free 24-7. If you're a regular listener of Midpoint, you know that we have covered the governor's Stop Woke campaign in many of its most egregious forms on this show. We've talked to people most affected by his Stop Woke campaign in our public schools, in our public universities, and in private Florida businesses. But one other aspect of his Stop Woke campaign has received much less notice so far. So today, we are going to be talking about what is happening with your money in Florida. What do I mean? Well, on his way to the presidential election race of 2024, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has been trumpeting a very clear investment strategy for state funds to go along with his quote, kill the woke campaign in Florida. Now, DeSantis has made environmental, social, and governance criteria, which is called ESG, the latest front in his battle against environmental protection and socially conscious culture, which he says is weakening American society. ESG principles are associated with using issues like climate change and racial justice awareness to influence investments by rating a company's values. But at the latest meeting of the Florida Cabinet held last week on the day of the primary election, the Florida Cabinet members approved new rules for the State Board of Administration, called the SBA, which is the body that controls all investment decisions for Florida funds, including Florida employees' pension funds. These new rules require that the board make investment decisions based solely on economic factors without regard to ESG values, which the governor has labeled as, quote, political factors. So now, presumably, if an investment is profiting off of raping, pillaging, and polluting, it's good enough for Florida, as long as it is profitable. DeSantis has also proposed prohibiting Wall Street banks, credit card companies, and money transmitters like PayPal from discriminating against customers for their religious, political, or social beliefs. This sounds good on the surface, but it was actually proposed specifically to prohibit these companies like PayPal from cutting off accounts and shutting down fundraising platforms affiliated with far-right groups such as the Proud Boys or to stop GoFundMe's decision to block donations to a convoy of Canadian truck drivers that shut down Ottawa last winter to protest vaccine mandates. At the same time as Florida funds are being required to divest from companies who adopt environmental, social, and governance guidelines, and while DeSantis is actively using his power to protect the financial interests of groups like the Proud Boys and Canadian anti-vax protesters, DeSantis and the Florida legislature have also refused to divest Florida funds from companies who are invested in Russian assets, in Russian companies, and in Russian investment funds. 
When the Russian war of aggression against Ukraine began, the Florida retirement system, which invests the pension funds of public employees, contained approximately $300 million worth of investments in Russian-owned and Russian-headquartered assets and companies, some of which are directly supplying weapons, supplies, and fuel to the Russian military. All Florida Democratic members of Congress and all Democratic representatives in the Florida legislature have called on the governor to divest the Florida retirement system from Russian-owned or headquartered businesses and entities. But as of now, DeSantis and the Republican-controlled legislature have refused. One of my guests today is Florida House Representative Democrat Andrew Learned, who has been leading the charge for divestment since the earliest days of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So welcome, Andrew. Thank you for having me. Happy you're here. Andrew is running for re-election to his seat in District 69 in East Hillsborough County. So I also invited Andrew's current opponent in the election, Danny Alvarez, to join us on the show, but he did not respond to the invitation. So I also invited current Chief Financial Officer, Republican Jimmy Patronis, to join us on the show to discuss all of the governor's new anti-woke investment rules, but he did not respond to my invitation either. Instead, we have Adam Hattersley, who is the Democratic candidate for Florida's chief financial officer. Adam is with us today, and he's willing to talk about these issues and more. Welcome, Adam. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm happy to have you, too. So we have these two terrific guests today leading our discussion about the state's new anti-woke pro-in-Russia investment strategy. But we'd also like to hear from you. If you have thoughts about our topic today, give us a call at 813-239-9663, email dj at wmnf.org, or you can text us at 813-433-0885. So, Andrew Learned, let me start with you. Tell us about your fight in the legislature to have Florida divest from Russian investments and where we are with that today. You know, I'll, I'll say it, it started at a point of bipartisanship. Um, the day of the, the Russian invasion, uh, we all stood united uh, for the people of Ukraine. We said a prayer. Um, and, and the speaker gave a heartfelt commitment to uh, standing with the people of Ukraine against the Russian aggression. And in the days after that, this is the waning days of session. There was only about two weeks left. And so there was limited opportunities to do real tangible things to hold Russia accountable for their invasion, for the actions. And I went back to my office, started looking at bills that touched uh, the retirement systems, ways we could divest our investments. Um, there were other initiatives um, in it, like in the state of Florida that people looked at. And, and ultimately, there was really only two bills. And I went ahead and I filed the amendments to, to, to divest uh, and try to get Floridians money out of Russia um, before things, you know, fell off the cliff, which is what ultimately happened. And, you know, <clears throat> long story short, the Republicans just refused. Uh, they had multiple opportunities. There was, there was two bills that we could have legally done this on. Uh, they, they chose to take a pass. And, um, you know, long story short, spoiler alert, uh, we lost $280 million of those investments in the months since. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Um, 
if we knew whether the pension funds had lost money already from these Russian investments. So they have, apparently. Yeah, we've lost, um, as of last report, 270 of the $300 million that was originally invested. And these are the pension funds of people like teachers and first responders and people in the state retirement fund. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, this really isn't our money. This is uh, this is our retirees' money. This is money that people worked for, that they earned, uh, that's put aside for them to fund their retirement. Um, this is not state dollars um, that we can use to build highways. This is, this is my grandma's money. Yeah. Wow. And so should we, at this point, should we be getting out now when we've suffered these big losses or, you know, should we hold and hope that things improve or should we divest as a matter of principle even now, no matter the losses that we, we have to eat? I mean, it looks like the war is going to go on perhaps even into the next legislative session. So what what's what, what should we do? Yeah, I, and I think it's a fair uh Fair question that people have brought up since. Um, like, can you even divest in a world where the the federal government has imposed such uh, tough sanctions? Uh, because we are invested, for example, in sanctioned companies, in companies that do business with Putin directly and have been sanctioned by the by the U.S. federal government. Uh, but the reality is, divestment is at least the bill that I wrote, and there's a million ways we could do this in a bipartisan compromise fashion, but the way that I built it was they had a year to get the money out of Russia. And what divestment really means is you can't put new money in. In the last three months, for example, um, there's been two reports since the Russian um, invasion began. This last report, Florida actually increased our investments in Russia. We didn't pull more out. We didn't try to reduce our investment. We increased it both in the value of the investments and the number of shares that we had invested. So we were actively buying new investments in Russia over the last three months, which is a huge red flag. I don't think anybody's looking at Russia and Vladimir Putin as a as a good investment right now. But the Florida GOP decided they want to double down on that strategy. And, um, you know, so divestment is as much about righting the wrong of the past as it is about preventing future bad investments. Okay. What do you think, listeners? Should Florida's investment strategies and decisions be made without regard to anything but profit? Or are investment decisions always inherently political? Like if we invest in fossil fuels, are we perpetuating the climate crisis? If we continue our investments in Russia, are we supporting the Russians against the Ukrainians in the in their war? DeSantis says we shouldn't consider any of that. Just profit, pure profit. In this case, though, our Russian investments haven't been profitable at all, apparently. So let us know what you think. Give us a call at 813-239-9663. Email us at dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885 and let us know what you think of Andrew Learned's proposals for divestment from Russian investments. I want to turn to Adam Hattersley now. Adam, you're a Democrat running for chief financial officer. I'd like to know how much influence does the CFO really have over investment strategies with public funds in Florida? It looks like DeSantis, once again, is really running the show. He makes these pronouncements and he gets the cabinet to direct the state board of administration to follow them. So what could a Democratic CFO in the cabinet do to influence these policies, if anything? 
Well, the State Board of Administration is made up of three of the cabinet members, the governor, the chief financial officer, and the attorney general. Right now, all three of them are Republicans. And like Andrew said, they have absolutely failed in their fiduciary responsibility to our pensioners by just letting this money languish. They've, they've basically bet on Russia instead of betting on our retirees and have lost 90% of, of that investment. And they've continued to pour money literally down the drain. So having the CFO as a Democrat, you know, and just as a quick aside, if the entire cabinet and the entire legislature and the entire Senate were, were Democrats, so the opposite of what we have now, I would actually want a Republican to be the CFO because you need checks and balances. You need that kind of transparency in government. But in the converse right now, we have the House as Republican majority. We have the Senate as a Republican majority. We have the rest of the cabinet as Republicans. Just for transparency and checks and balances in government, we need to have a Democrat as the CFO. And of by- course, that what you're suggesting is part of the governance values that ESG uh, reviews look at and is something that DeSantis says should not be considered in making investments. Profits only. That's his guide. Well, if that was his guide... Then again, the chief financial officer has a major voice with the SBA. If that was his guide, they would not have dumped additional money into Russian companies. They would have divested because th- this has gone the opposite direction. Right. You know, if they had taken anything into account, it would have saved us money. So yeah. just the, the hypocrisy that we see with these policies, you know, and, and they're playing politics between now and the election. There are 10 weeks to go. But we're talking about people's futures 20, 30, 40 years down the line. That yeah, they retirement have, funds. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. they have absolutely blown. You know, um, another part where they just came out with the same stop woke is regarding our, our property insurance. You know, Florida. Yes, current Florida CFO Jimmy Petronas has called on the Office of Insurance Regulation to also look at ESG standards in the insurance industry. So during last Tuesday's meeting, which was the day of the primary election, he called ESG a, quote, cult. And he said, these are, quote, woke standards to re-engineer society through billion-dollar industries, close quote. And he also said, if insurance companies are charging a premium on ESG, we need to know about it. We know that asset managers are telling insurers to focus more on climate change or they'll lose money. They'll be sued or both. Petronas said, insurance is being used for social engineering. And I'm concerned that Florida policyholders may be footing the bill on this wokeism. Close quote. That, that's, that was his speech about So, you see, Andrew and I were both naval officers. I was a nuclear officer in the Navy, and we have something called GCE, or gross conceptual error. (laughs) And that's what Jimmy's going down. First off, it's already in state law that if you take the E part of ESG... Environmental. Environmental, and say you you add hurricane windows to your home or harden your home against, against storms or potential damage, you already get a discount from your insurance. During the the special session, the legislative special session, trying to fix property insurance, which they failed at miserably, one of the few things that Jimmy said peripherally was, we can give incentives if people harden their homes against storms. So he's already self-negating what he said. Beyond that, let's see, it's uh, the University of Oxford did a study. Over 69% of major companies in the United States 
are run by CEOs who identify as Republican. And they are the ones pushing ESG because they see the long-term strategy of benefit and financial benefit. This is not some kind of woke lefty thing. And even more so, we looked into it. Never once in the history of Florida have we used ESG when determining if we're going to make an investment. This is a made-up problem to try to rev up the Republican base that they created this false solution for that in the end is actually hurting you and costing you money. Yeah. Let's hear from some of our listeners about this. We have um, Doug in Clearwater. Doug, you're on the air. You hey, with us? Thank you, for, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I just have a couple of comments. All um, right. Speak up. The GOP is, is completely out of touch. You know, on some issues, they, um, they want to control everything local. And then on other things that they don't want to handle, they, um, <laughs> they, they just let it go. But as far as the investment thing, um, you know, the best thing they could have done was to invest in green technology. I mean, bring, bring solar shields down to every house in the state, um, you know, you clean up the environment, and look, it's a benefit. I mean, you know, it's not like going to the store and buying a shirt or, you know, jewelry or whatever. Um, but, you know, it builds the economy. I don't know. Those are my thoughts. All right. Well, thanks for sharing them, Doug. Appreciate it. We have Jack in Dover, who's been patient. Jack, you're on the air. Hi, Shelly. Hi. Um, I've, I've had a couple of international stocks before, um, mostly the Airbus, when the Airbus was being built, as far as a tech stock. And you have to have a special broker that's able to buy international stocks for you. So if everybody remembers in 2008, when our stock market went down, Citibank stock was worth $4 a share. You know, sure, a lot of people were panicking, but a lot of brokers were saying, no, we're going to hold on to everything. Don't sell everything. Just wait it out. That's the same thing right now. Our first responders and our police, their retirement fund is not in jeopardy. And I don't think anybody should be panicking right now. And if Russia amps up their war machine, then their stock is probably going to be worth twice or three times what it would normally be worth. And they just shouldn't sell it. And I'm, I'm almost 100% positive that whoever is in charge of their fund is not going to be selling or tanking out on whatever whatever stocks or whatever investments that that money is in. Those stocks are still there. Those stocks are just worth a lot less than what they were when they purchased them. So, Jack, is it your position that you think that um, you shouldn't be divesting from companies uh, over the fact that they are making profit off of the war machine that is fighting against uh, Ukraine independence? Uh, in other Shelley. words, you know, that doesn't matter to you. You just you care Shelley. about whether there's going to be profit. I know you're not that gullible. McDonnell Douglas, they make airplanes. Everybody thinks, oh, my God, they just make commercial airplanes. No. McDonnell Douglas makes uh, bazookas and missiles for bazookas. General Electric makes things for our war machine. Um so a lot of what Americans live on, our high standard of living, is also based on our military and uh, production 
and, and it's just like the space exploration. We go into the moon to have the government do another NASA program that's three or four times as big as the original uh, program to go to the moon. You know, when you've got SpaceX and you've got all of these other companies that can do it for a third of the cost. No, okay. I'm, I'm sorry, but there, there are a lot of things wrong with the way America is being run. And it's all being run uh, primarily because originally we were in debt. We've been in debt since the very beginning with our first war. Our all right. First war all right. All right, Jack, I, I want I want to give Andrew a chance to respond, too. OK, thanks a lot sure. for your call and your comments. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think I mean, uh, Jack's comments are not lost on me, right? Like we want to honor the retirement of our teachers, our first responders, our police, our firefighters. Um, and at the end of the day, we want our uh, state pension to to make a profit. And the track record of these investments backing uh, Putin's war is that we've lost over 90 percent of the value. So these have not been good investments. This is not a purely an ideological statement. This is about protecting our pensioners' retirement so that we're not continuing to dump more money into a losing fight, which is exactly what's happening right now in Ukraine. Um, You know, there's another part, I think, of the comments um, that have been made that I want to point out as well, which is, you know, these retirement funds are invested in a way that is inherently political already. Right. Uh, At the time, we were pumping hundreds of millions of dollars into Putin's Russia. We invested just three percent of that into the country of Ukraine, the innocent victim in this. We're not increasing investments in Ukraine right now. We're not trying to prop up their economy. We're not going into Ukraine trying to seek value uh, in, in, in creating new investments because that would also be a bad investment. But the fact is we did get political with those choices. Uh, DeSantis and the, and the administration of the SBA, as Adam was talking about, absolutely was political in making these choices to invest. Not may, Maybe they, for whatever reason, chose not to invest in green solar jobs but they were absolutely investing in fossil fuels at the same time, right? So th- there is a choice that's already being made. And if people want to take politics out of it, I'm cool with that. But let's do it in a way that actually gets at what we're trying to do, which is to increase our pensioners' dollars. Uh, to Adam's point earlier, like I own a small business. I just want the government out of my life. I don't want the government coming in telling me how I should where where picking winners and losers here and that's exactly what they're trying to do with bringing Florida's companies into the next chapter of their culture wars. Well, um you know, I want to bounce off something that you that I heard you say. One of the other questions um you know, and this has come up in Texas recently is the question of whether the state should be giving investment preferences to companies who operate in industries that are big in our own state. Um, So in Florida, for example, um, should we be investing in Florida companies regardless of those companies' ESG, environmental, social, and governance considerations? For example, the sugar industry is a big contributor to the economy in Florida, but it's also a big contributor to our state's pollution. So one of the questions is, should the state investments prefer that or should it punish it? 
you know, um, similar to the analysis that we're discussing about Russian investments. Should we be preferring investments in the sugar industry or should we be punishing investments in the sugar industry or pulling our investments in the sugar industry until they become more environmentally conscious? Um, I know that DeSantis wants all states to pool their financial power and to act as a counterweight to these ESG considerations. And states like Texas have already passed laws related to green investments. The Texas Comptroller accused 10 financial companies, including some of the biggest investing companies, investment companies in the country like BlackRock and 350 investment funds of taking steps to boycott energy companies in Texas because those investment companies have adopted ESG guidelines. So this will now force certain Texas government funds, such as reti- their retirement funds, to sell any of their shares in those companies uh, because they have adopted ESG guidelines, which the Texas controller thinks is anti-Texas fossil fuel industry stuff. So, you know, I would like to ask both of you, what are your views on on that type of, you know, investment strategy in the state of Florida? There's a lot to unpack there. First off, (laughs) since when in the history of the Republican, quote unquote, conservative lexicon, has it been appropriate for government to interfere with how a business runs itself internally? It never has. I don't, it's not conservative. You know, and it goes along with, with other things. Since when has, for example, usurping and, and preempting pa- local powers to the state, conservative, conservatism has always been about local power and pushing power down to the people, small government. We haven't seen that out of our current administration in Florida. Right. The legislature's preempted even our tree ordinances. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure why they're calling themselves conservatives anymore, because even Ronald Reagan would not be allowed to be a member of this current Republican Party. They've gone against every conservative principle. And looking at that, going along with what the cabinet said, who cares if a company internally, how they operate, as long as it's within the law, If you look at their bottom line and look at your fiduciary responsibility as an investment entity, that should be your determination, not whether or not BlackRock decides to invest in an energy company or not, whether or not they're investing in green technologies or not. Will this investment benefit our retirees? And that's supposedly the rule that the SBA came up with last week, but they are immediately internally hypocritical by going down this political route. So pick one or the other, but just do what's best for our retirees. Nobody wants their accountant to be super far right or super far left. They just want them to do the job. And here in Florida, and it sounds like in Texas, they've taken your your pension plan, your investments, and made them hyper-political on one end. And here in Florida, if you look at voter registration, and if you look at the last elections, you know, the Senate race in 2018 was, what was it, like 50.1% to 49.9%. We can't take one hyper side, left or right. We need to do what's best for our retirees and our pensioners. And that's not what they're doing. In fact, in, in, in your uh, bailiwick, the, in, you know, the uh, CFO's office, now Jimmy Patronis is calling for the state to spend some money to conduct an audit of uh, insurance 
uh, plans for the Office of Insurance Regulation to conduct an audit uh, to audit the woke, quote unquote, in uh, some of these insurance companies that are still operating in Florida. I mean, it just seems like we have a lot of other insurance issues that right. that may and be more again, pressing than auditing whether or not they are woke under the governor's uh, the, definition. The, the government getting intrusive into how a business operates itself. Republicans and conservatives are supposed to be about reduced regulation, about letting businesses run themselves, again, as long as they're within the law, and as long as they're profitable. If these insurance companies are still able to pay out their claims, they're still turning a profit, and they're still good good corporate citizens and, and, and people that, that support Florida, who cares what they invest in? Who, as long as they're doing their jobs, let a company run itself. That, that's a conservative tenant that we've gone away from here in Florida. All right. I have a, an email message from Sandy uh, who says, I have been through this once before when Jeb Bush lost half of the state pension in the Enron debacle. This reduced my monthly pension from $1,200 to $600. Now it sounds like Ron's administration has done the same to us again. Now my monthly benefit will go down to $300 a month, she questions. What are they thinking? As a classroom teacher, I agreed to work for less than the market value in order to support our students and was promised that in lieu of a living wage as a classroom teacher, I would have a livable pension later in life. Talk about bait and switch. Signed, Blue Skies from Sandy. Thank you, Sandy, for your comments. Uh, I hope that's. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope your pension doesn't go down to $300 a month. Uh, Jackie in Largo is with us. Jackie, you're on the air. Oh, hi. I kind of had the same um, comment as the email. I've been in um, FRS for 12 years. And by the way, there's a lot more employees in FRS just besides the first responders and teachers. It's all the state employees, everyone who's in FRS for cities and counties. And um, I'll tell you what, they've been coming for FRS ever since Rick Scott was in office. And there's so many, you know, uh, extreme right-wing conservatives who, I mean, they think that we don't deserve what we worked for and pay in for. We pay into that. And they they just want to take it away. It's just so bizarre. I just... Yeah, it's that's your money. I to say. Yeah, I, I have 12 years to work still, and now, you know, that one dude says, don't worry about it. Well, if it was his money, he'd be worried about it. Sure. I mean, yeah. And for some reason, they think that after, even though we pay into it, that we don't deserve it. It's just, it's just bizarre. Talk about woke. <laughs> they need it. Well, another word for it. I just, I, I'm so upset right now because, you know, I'm looking at 12 years. When you only have 12 more years, you say to yourself, okay, you see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, you know, Jackie, you're I... not powerless. You do have your vote. So yeah, well, I encourage yeah. you to consider all of these factors when you show up on November 8th uh, to, I... to cast your vote or early vote. Thank you I, for your really... call. Yeah, I appreciate your um, show today. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Mike in Sarasota is with us. Mike, you have some comments for my guests? Yes, Good morning. Thank you for taking my calls. I would like to say that I am shocked by your shock and your hypocrisy over your outrage about Florida, um, about, about the Florida um, taking steps against companies that are woke. Where were you when Florida 
it took steps to boycott Ben and Jerry because they wouldn't have outlets in the West Bank. Or where were you when Florida went after Airbnb because they they they, they wouldn't rent out homes in the West Bank? Good point. We, Good point, so, Mike. So, so, Good so, point. Let me ask my guests to respond to you because I think you make a good point. Well, my, and my larger point is is that uh, Florida – uh, and other states for years have been boycotting industries because of their political, uh, you know, because of things that might might be seen as political. And yet, yet you only complain about this. Well, I'm not sure, you know, because on the one hand, you could say, uh, why is, uh, where is the hypocrisy? Is it really on my end or is it on the end of Ron DeSantis who, uh, what, who promoted the legislation that, that said we should boycott Ben and Jerry's or boycott Airbnb and now says, no, but we can't take, we can't, uh, uh, support any investments in companies that follow ESG principles or we can't divest from Russia. We have to be apolitical. I mean, well, I think you're looking, I think the hypocrisy is on the other end of the scale, let, frankly. Let, let's see if your guest has a record of being against the boycott against Ben and Jerry's or the boycott against BDS. Okay. Yeah, um, uh, I do. Thanks for your comments. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, no, I, and, and look, Mike is right. He's absolutely right. As I've said, we should not be playing politics with our retirees' investments. The problem is this governor, the administration, has been playing politics with investments for a very long time. Yeah, we and have you've divested- been known... Wait, let me just say that you've been known as a very practical legislator. If, I, if I'm if i not mistaken, your whole, your whole campaign, your whole thing is, I'm fixing the damn roads, <laughs> right? Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, not to... Um, throw myself under the bus with the audience. But um, look, I was a lifelong Republican before I came home, ran as a Democrat. I was the only Democrat to vote on a variety of bills with the Republicans this year. I am easily the most conservative um, or for lack of a better word, the most independent member of the legislature. Um, And I just try to call balls and strikes here. But uh, to Mike's point about the investments, I mean, He's he's correct. We we have divested from Venezuela. We have divested from Cuba. We have divested from Iran. We have invested divested from Sudan. We did all these things and it didn't cause any uproar. The governor called for divestment divestment from Ben and Jerry's while saying that the flu, that the state shouldn't be divesting from Russia. He wanted to divest uh, from Disney over <laughs> uh, you know it, it, th- just the list goes on and on and on and it is it is. Uh, hi, hypocritical what they're trying to do here and the reality is uh, we really do to Adam's point need to be looking after our retirees that is what we are charged to do that is what our investment should be doing I do want to touch very briefly on something you talked about earlier about you know should we just be investing in Florida companies or should you know do we have business in doing this at all and you know the reality is you know my dad worked in construction and was one of the um you know, victims of the crash in 06, 07, 08. And, you know, basically never went back into that industry again. Our state, because of our lack of affordable housing, because of the attractions that bring people here, is prone to these booms and busts. Having our investments diversified across state lines internationally does make sense. But when you're picking and loser, picking winners and losers like we are, picking, um, you know, Russia at a rate 
hundreds of times more than their than Ukraine right next door. You know, I think you are picking winners and losers already. And I think, you know, our investments have proven that that was not only just bad morally, but it was bad financially when we lost 90 percent of our investments doing it. Yeah. So I just want to I just want to say it. I mean, I'm not sure who's the hypocrite here. You know, I mean, no, I I should say I am sure (laughs) I am sure half, you know, demanding divestment from countries like Venezuela and then not uh, and then refusing to divest from Russia. That does seem very hypocritical. Um, So I want to turn to uh, Stanley in Tampa. Stanley, you're on the air. Yes, uh, thanks for taking my call, and uh, my apologies. I hate to get off off track, but I would just like to say when it comes to DeSantis or Scott, you know, look at the things that, uh, for Scott, for example, the vast majority of Floridians voted for high-speed rail, which we would have already from, or the bullet train from Tampa to Miami. Instead, Scott has his own high-speed rail that he's heavily invested in. And then you look at DeSantis. Well, he took away our Hillsborough County state attorney who was elected by the residents of Hillsborough County. He, He has a history of doing what he wants to do, and if you cross them, there are consequences to pay. Why would anybody elect someone that is that vindictive. All right. Thank you, Stanley. Appreciate your comments. I appreciate your comments. We're going to get back to the topic. Um, I I have uh, Mark in Bradenton on the air. Mark, you're on the air. Let's be quick. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I just wanted to to say um, the investment thing is very interesting to me. I wasn't really aware of that. Um, I'm more interested in the word woke. Like, I feel bad because I think that they're using it as like a, a, a devilish term, like you've woken up and you understand what's happening now, and they want to put us back to sleep, you see? Instead of calling them Republicans, I call that side of the, the group the criminal class, you know, and because they're all basically just criminals, and, and we're electing them because we love flashy, shiny things, and we love Hollywood, and we love things like that, you know, we're, we're asleep, you know? Uh, but once you wake up and you realize what's happening, you look around and you're like, wow, this place is messed up, you know? Especially in Florida, where they 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 fund the sugar to ruin the beaches, it's bizarre to me, you know. But um, anyway, so I, I think woke is just a thing that yes, to, to rally the base, which are unfortunately the base are the people that are sleeping, you know. Right. So um, okay. Anyway, uh, just, well, thank just, you, Mark. Appreciate <laughs> your comments. I I I appreciate that. Thank you for calling in, Adam. You know, like I said before, Jimmy Petronas wants to audit the woke. I mean, I've never once heard Ron DeSantis define what the woke is. You know, he wants to kill the woke. He wants to stop the woke. He wants to audit the woke. You know, we're going to kill the woke on the beaches and kill the woke on the, <laughs> on the in the skies. I mean, he's like being Winston Churchill over the enemy, the woke. What is the woke? That's a great question. It's a buzzword that they're using to scare you. It's another way to divide Floridians and rev up the Republican base, not just for the next... 69 days now till the election, not just for the next 10 weeks, but for potentially what we're going to see in 2024. That's why personally, I think we're seeing this, this race to the right between Florida and Texas. So we have two very ambitious governors in these states that are, are trying 
to embed themselves in that fear-based Republican right to set themselves up for what comes next. And it's all coming at the cost of our pensioners, all coming at the cost of our homeowners and renters that are seeing their, their rent and property insurance explode because of the, the poor, the poor uh, environment for our insurance here in Florida. You know, so it, it's just another one of those things used to scare you and distract you while more important things that affect your day-to-day life are going on. You know, that again, ESG never once has been taken into account when, you know, officially when investing Florida's pension dollars. Never once. But now it's in everybody's lexicon because that's what Ron DeSantis decided to scream about today. Yeah, because they haven't fixed the insurance problem. So rather than actually take steps to fix the insurance crisis we have in Florida, they're talking about auditing insurance companies to see if they're woke. Yeah, or I think not. it's been what six insurance companies in the past six months that have either gone insolvent or left Florida. A UPC just last week decided yeah. to leave Florida. It's going to leave 185,000 more more families in the lurch. Uh, it, it's cost everybody money. I mean, I was dropped by my insurance, uh, home insurance two yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, me too. Mine, mine, mm-hmm. I was non-renewed. They're you know, leaving and, the state. And in this special session, you know, they, they ended up lowering our, you know, reducing our coverage. Our rates are going up. And they gave a $2 billion corporate bailout to private insurance companies. And then just this past week, they, they ponied up Citizens Property Insurance, which is the insurer of last resort, which is now the largest insurance company in the state, which is not what it was designed for, as the backstop if any of these other insurance companies uh, have issues, you know, during, say, if we do have a major storm. And all of that comes off of every homeowner and every renter in Florida is getting an extra levy on their bills to pay for it. So they are absolutely costing you money. You know, when it comes, you mentioned people going to the, the polls this November. Stop voting with your party. Stop voting with your heart. It's time to vote with your wallets. Well, that's a very good slogan, I think. I say it all the time. <laughs> that's a very good slogan. I have uh, Mr. Green in Tampa on the line. Okay, Mr. Green. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Thank you. Florida State Pension during the real estate bubble. Charlie Chris was the governor, and when the real estate bubble occurred and the stock market saw off, each county, several counties, were trying to liquidate their positions. They want to cash out because they were concerned it was going to get worse. So as the counties started to do it, and I don't remember Hillsborough County if they did it before or after, but as it was occurring, Governor Charlie Chris, at that time the Republican Governor Charlie Chris from Flepper, he made a policy to halt any counties from further withdrawing from the state pension. So Orange County, I know for a fact, they got stuck because they slowed and hesitated to pull the trigger, so they did not get to. I don't remember Hillsborough County. And then, of course, we know what happened. The stock market went all over. Real estate lost more. So, again, just a little history on the state of Florida pension and Charlie Chris. And the other thing on the citizen's assurance, that was created under him when he was a governor. And I also require, require, recur, there's also fees you pay in your auto assurance or, or something that goes towards citizens. If you could uh, check that or if that, that was in the past. I don't know if it's still now. So, again, even if you don't own a home, you are still paying through your purchase of ownership of an automobile. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Green. Appreciate your call. Appreciate your comments. Well, the fact is, when insurance companies fail or leave the state, um, it does cost everybody. If you have a mortgage on your home, your mortgage holder requires you to maintain sufficient insurance to secure their interest in your home. And if if your insurance leaves you in the lurch, 
they will purchase insurance for you at an extremely much more expensive rate. And so your mortgage payments, your collective payments will go up every month. If you're a landlord and that happens to you, you've got to raise the rent of your tenants. It's something that, you know, it does cost everybody. Um, I don't know if you have something to add on that, uh, Adam, but, you know, that's how I see it. No, you, you really kind of said it. It has this... Uh building effect. You know, everyone says, well, my rent went up. What does that have to do with property insurance? Just like you said, the the person who owns the building, who owns the property, their they don't really own it if they have a mortgage. Well, right. But, but those costs are going up for them. So they're not going to just out of the kindness of their hearts, pay that they have to pass it on to their renters. You know, so this, this issue, it really does affect everybody in Florida. And you know, that's why people across the state, uh, campaigning-wise, have been, have been so loud and talking about it, at least on our side of the aisle, because uh, I know some of the, the, those on the Republican side have been trying to keep mum and, and distract you with crazy buzzwords like woke and, and ESG to distract you from what's actually going on. Yeah, we've heard woke, we've heard ESG, he's been fighting against social-emotional learning, fighting against critical race theory, fighting against all these concepts without ever making the policies that will actually help And most of these concepts don't actually exist in Florida. <laughs> it's a made-up problem to create a solution to, to, to get their base revved up. Yeah, I have an email here from Javon in Seminole Heights who says, Ron DeSantis is an abject failure as governor on the policies that matter, and he's trying to win the culture war. He's trying to win on the culture war. Don't be distracted. Talk to your friends and neighbors about voting and get involved with organizations that are turning out voters who may not otherwise get to the polls. Florida belongs to the people that vote, so it belongs to you. Okay, thank you, uh, Javon. Appreciate that. Um, I have uh, an email here from Ziggy who says, on divestment, everyone should follow CalPERS, which moves markets. Yes, woke scrubbing should stay out of private company affairs. Just to be, just be consistent and say the same when de- Democratic governors try to dictate social policy to private companies. The call for divestment has become an increasingly popular tool for promoting an important cause or belief. As laudable as the underlying motivations may be, divestment has unintended, unintended con- consequences for the CalPERS Fund, our board and our members. The most acute is a conflict for the CalPERS Board of Administration, which has a fiduciary duty to its members. Anybody want to comment on that, Adam? You know, he, he even mentioned it. We have to take the fiduciary responsibility to our pensioners into account instead of some of these political things. By his argument, we should have divested from Russian companies when that war started. We knew the world was coming down on Russia with economic sanctions. We knew that this was going to happen. 25 states had the foresight to do this and divest their funds, and they saved their money. We lost 90% of what we had in Russia, nearly $300 million. If we do want to maintain that fiduciary responsibility, it's that argument that says we should have divested instead of taking, I guess, Ron DeSantis's G, you know, do as I say, not as I do, and staying in, invested in Russia just to make a political statement, in my opinion, just to be contrarian because Democrats ask. <laughs> I have a, an email from Gary uh, in St. Pete who says, uh, in response to my question, can somebody please define the woke? Uh, Gary says, this is why the governor doesn't define it. It is scary. 
Woke means awakened to the needs of others, to be well-informed, thoughtful, compassionate, humble, and kind, eager to make the world a better place for all people. I think uh, Gary feels like the, that definition would scare the governor. <laughs> I'm well, not sure I mean, about it, that. It, you know, it's comical if it wasn't so sad, right? I mean, I was telling you earlier about how I have this independent uh, voting record where I'm voting with the Republicans on all sorts of issues throughout the year. Um, you know, and still during the campaign, they're attacking me for, uh, I think they, they called me a, a, an agent of chaos or something like that. And my <laughs> campaign manager went out that day, got band shirts made that said that on it. Cause I mean, the reality is they're, they're just painting us with a brush because we have a D next to our name, regardless of the fact that I wake every, I wake up every day and I go and turn it on traffic lights in my district. We had one turn on today before coming here. So, um, some of us are doing the work that we were elected to do um, and addressing real problems that people have at their at their local school, you know, like issues in our districts that require that, that aren't political at all. Right. But because, you know, they get a pullback that says that they can divide some Americans up and chop us into little pieces, they think they can divide us in these social issues and culture wars. And the reality is that's just not what people want. I mean, they, they call, when they were calling me an agent of chaos, they, they, I feel like they failed to forgot that Adam here got a bronze star in uh, in Iraq. And I was born in Somali pirate skiffs, um, you know, carrying an M4 rifle every day to work. I mean, we a lot of us are doing the work of the American people every day. This isn't something that we take for granted or we take lightly. And But, you know, it's it's sad um, when they really just don't have anything to run on because that's really what it is. They are actively profiting from these higher prices. I mean, make no mistake about it. I mean, if you look at the campaign reports of my opponent, it is all of the people, all the insurance companies, huge law firms, the, the people that are profiting on this roofing scam are the ones dumping just hundreds of thousands of dollars into these races because they want to keep this scam going. And the higher prices that you're paying are funding these Republican campaigns. Make no mistake about it. Yeah, now I should, again, uh, reiterate that we did invite your opponent on the show to to comment on these issues as well. We invited Danny Alvarez. We did not hear back from him. And the same with you, Adam. We did invite CFO Jimmy Petronas to come on the show and talk about these issues and did not get a response from it's him It's shocking either. that you can run for office without a platform. It really is. And you know what, what's also kind of interesting? And they, they talk about dividing us and, and separating us with these culture war issues. When I was in the legislature, my two years, out of the bills that passed, the House and the Senate were signed by the governor, 89% were unanimous or nearly unanimous. We were only contentious on just over 10% of the bills. We agree on almost everything that's good for Floridians. But take a guess, the whole time I was in the legislature, how many bills died on the House floor? How many bills died in committee? Zero. Wow. It's fully. What years were those? Uh, I was elected in 2018 and served from the, the 18 to 2020. Uh, but it's, it's fully political theater. They don't let a bill, and the Republicans are in a vast majority in the legislature, they don't let a bill go to committee unless they know it's going to pass, no matter what the public says. They don't let a bill go to the floor unless they know it's going to pass, regardless of what the public says. So what's been going on is, is we just need to educate Floridians more on what's going on with their state legislature. Because, you know, it's not as sexy as coming out of D.C. It's not. But it affects your daily life far more yes. than what you see on TV. 
You know, I talk to people. Most people don't even know who their state representative is. Right. You know, when I when I first started running in 2018, I didn't know. It's not something to be ashamed of. And it's something that really you you don't want to have to think about. You don't want to have to think about and worry about what's my state rep doing or not doing? What's my insurance status going to be? I know every time the renewal comes up every year, it's a big worry. Mine happens mm-hmm. to cycle in on August 1st, right in the middle of hurricane season. And every year it's a big worry. I have an email here from uh, from Charles who says, our local senator, Bob Boyd, has been the insurance industry guy in Florida for the last 10-plus years. If the Florida homeowner's insurance industry is in the toilet, it is by design. That's, that's his, uh, his belief. You know, and we've seen this crisis, this property insurance crisis, coming down the pike for at least five years. You know, we've had the opportunity, the Republican legislation, legislature and Jimmy Petronas have had the opportunity to fix this and they've chosen not to. Yeah. They've cost you money. I, I really appreciate you both for coming here. I want to thank my guests, candidate for Chief Financial Officer Adam Hattersley, who's in a statewide race to replace Jimmy Petronas as CFO and State House Rep Andrew Learned, who is running for re-election in House District 69 in East Hillsborough, which is the Riverview, Brandon, Fishhawk area. Again, we invited their respective opponents in their races to be on the show too, but they did not respond. We appreciate your work and your enthusiasm for sharing your views on these issues with voters by participating in public discussions like this. If you joined us late in the show, feel free to go back and listen on demand from the Midpoint archives at wmnf.org slash midpoint or on the WMNF app or find us at WMNF Midpoint wherever you get your podcasts. I also want to thank our WMNF volunteers who make the show go. Jessica Green on the soundboard and Barbara Fling who answers the phones for us. And as always, I thank you, the WMNF listeners, for your interest and support of Midpoint. If you enjoyed the show, please consider dropping a tip in the tip jar and please direct your donation to MPW Midpoint Wednesday. Please stay tuned for Talking Animals with Duncan Strauss up next. We are WMNF Tampa.